Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with JB and we are powered by Code Sports. I do have with me Pistol. Hello, Pistol. How was how your week? I think... Phil- I feel like that was there was not enough gusto. We haven't podcasted in a while together, and you you couldn't even pretend to be excited that we were. You, I was on, and we were we were doing this. Yeah, you, you're right. Oh well, no, it was good. It was a good week. Um, out of nowhere, my team had some sort of revival um, from its. It just took a, a one week rest from being average and scored a two six four two and. Moved wow. up, to, yeah, just outside the top two k. So it was a big rank rise, um, and that was on the back of some good, I guess, rookie scores. Not that I have much bench cover, but my Wagner Banks duo managed to both put out good scores, and it's all it all you know came up Millhouse, I guess. Mm, huge, yeah. Um, do you want to know how I went, or should we? We can. We yeah, sure. Uh, Let me thank know. you. Um, <laughs> So I I scored twenty five seventy nine. I'm ranked fourteen oh two after last week being fourteen thirty four. After the week prior being fourteen fifty five. So not so moving anywhere too fast. I've moved up fifty three spots in two weeks with a couple of scores that I felt are good enough, and I'm just not going anywhere. So. I'm very much stuck in the mud. And I've seen people ranked a couple of hundred ranks ahead of me. Uh, it is still pretty close around this point. So I'm just scoring on exactly the par like most weeks. So I, I don't know. I, I hate being – I think I'd rather the roller coaster than rather than being consistently on the par. Does that make sense? I've been saying that – I know you haven't been listening, but I've been saying that last three weeks with my 3K average team – um, just sitting at 3K rank for like an eight-week period. Um, but we're in trouble now. We listening. both have Walsh. What, what, is, what does that mean I haven't been listening? I don't know. You tell me, JB. What? <laughs> I said you tell me, JB. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening again. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to go to the – we have a solo Patreon shout-out before we get to the Cancer Council. Um, and yes, I did hear your Walsh uh, quip. We are going to get to him shortly. Um, so quickly, just just on the uh, the tough names to pronounce, Andrew has signed up to the Patreon. So thank, thank you, you very Andrew. Much, Andrew. Very Andrew. very appreciative. Let of your JB patronage. know if you got that correct or not. I swear, if there's like a if the D is 
silent. It's like Andrew, and I've just stuffed it somehow. <laughs> but no, I'm pretty sure it's just Andrew. So welcome, welcome, Andrew. Um, do we have anything from the Cancer Council pistol? We do. Um, we have a couple of donations here. Um, we have, uh, I think Butler may have donated right after we f- recorded the podcast last week. He said, uh, yum, yum, and donut when green went out on top of decam and dunks. Thank you, Butler. Otherwise, I just double charge you out if you did do it. My apologies. Or I guess my apologies. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I don't know. Delwyn Johns donated. He says, $1 for every point Win Hager outscored Shinkata on my pine. Cost me a 2700 and highest yearly league score and prize in my cash league. Oh, dear. Uh, well, thanks very much for your generous donation, Delwyn. And Vincent Chan has donated. I'm going to read you out this very important message, JB. Long-time listener, first-time poster, one-time patron member until moving overseas. This podcast is by far and away the best Supercoach resource out there in terms of balancing great analysis and banter and staying updated. So much so that it amounted to a round 19 top score of 2,913 Supercoach points this week. Fantastic work, guys. And this weekly prize goes out to you or to you and all of the work you do and support. Vincent's donated the entire $1,000 weekly prize to the Cancer Council. It's insane. Vincent, I – wait, do they do they still do that thing where they, they double the money? I, I hope Vincent has kept some for himself because I'm looking at his team – He's. I don't know if he traded in Charlie Kerno last week. His rank is thirteen hundred, so he's ranking well. He's got Charlie Kerno, and he VC'd him for yeah, the one seventy. The team's really good. <laughs> he the targeted team, that. He, he, so he had Laird <laughs> still on the bench. Um, yeah, like this team. But he has Dan Houston, so you know he listens to the podcast, or at least the ones that I'm involved in. Um, unbelievable. He also has the seven defenders, which I find um, has been working for a lot of people this year. Just yeah, an incredible team. Used Marek as cover. Um, had Brewery led on the bench, so imagine Led had played instead of could have been a three thousand. Um, yeah, score. easily could have been three thousand. Um, wow, congratulations. But I really hope that you've kept some of that for yourself because as much as we can give advice, you're you're still in control of your team and your fate and you've put together an incredible side here. So congratulations on your weekly. Um, and thank you so much for the generosity. Just the, the generosity of everyone this year has been out of this world. So um, we're always very much appreciative for that. I cannot thank you enough. It is outrageous that you just donated the weekly prize to the Cancer Council. Um Oh, I mean, we we hit our target of of twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars now because of that. So I'll have to up the target to our next one. Maybe I'll make it three k, um, at thirty k. Three, say. all my days. Yeah, no, it's say, definitely what, past three. Was it twenty twenty nineteen already? <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much for your generosity. That absolutely blows me away. The kindness of um, some people. That is seriously one of the the nicest and kindest things anyone has ever done for me and for us and i just yeah really can't thank you enough and i'm sure the cancer council does as well it's it's truly incredible i'm lost for words well speaking of being lost for words pistol sam walsh had 109 super coach points and a half of footy uh before doing his hamstring was on track for a solid 200 plus score uh i don't know whether to be thankful that he turned up before getting injured or laugh at the fact that the reason that I got him into my side was for this matchup and he was doing exactly what I got him into do and what I expected from him and he only lasted 34% of the game in doing so. Um, I, I, don't, I honestly, as a Sam Walsh owner, I do not know what to, to think, to believe. Um, I worry that he's got like a some sort of other ailment that he's been carrying all season and um, usually when you're carrying something, you're overcompensating with other parts of your body. And then you see things like people that don't usually have soft tissue injuries, they start appearing. I really just hope he gets fit for next year, not even for my super coach bias. I just want to see a good and fit Sam Walsh again because what he was doing in the, the couple of years prior to this year was nothing sort, short of amazing. Um, and I, I just want to see that guy back. But essentially, right now, we're faced with a two- to three-week timeline on his injury. Are we trading Walsh? Um, what, what's your opinion on that? Because we've had some hamstrings this year, 
Some yeah. that result in blisters and then 20-week injuries. Some that result in a two-week turnaround. Um, generally, we have a hard and fast rule for these. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Firstly, the, that first quarter, that was one of the best first quarters I've seen someone play in recent times. I mean, he set up, he had three direct goal assists from the first four goals. And then, you know, still, I think he had nine or 11 touches or I think it was 11 touches in the first quarter. So it was on like 70. And then he didn't touch it for like 10 minutes, took a contested mark. Then like two minutes later, kicks a goal on the run. I'm like, oh boy. And then he just went off. Like it was such an innocuous little hammy that I wasn't, we didn't even know what was wrong for like 20 minutes. The, the commentary team weren't even discussing it. So I was thinking, well, how bad could it have been if it was, it, you know, was no one was reporting on it. But as you said, these these hammies have been blowing out their timeframes in the recent times with with um, Oliver, and I mean we'll see how what happens with Green. I just think JB with Laird also out, and then there was that quote where it said, "Oh, we actually expected Rowan Marshall not to pull up, and he was going to be a late out, and he passed a late fitness test to play." It scares me that we'll have bigger fish to fry in the coming weeks. Like if one of those guys misses, I would feel more comfortable using my trade if I had one on one of them because I feel like they potentially would have more significant long-term injuries than Walsh, who I think could be back in two weeks. Wow. I don't really know what to say to that. Um, I mean, Royal Marshall played. Yeah. I know he, he faced a fitness test, but I, he, like if you're 95% before the game and you pass a fitness test, you're 100%, right? I don't know. They, so they like, said we generally didn't expect him to play. Like we're, we're going to put him out. And, and they said he played the whole game under duress. Is the let's a, let's assume that he's got something lingering. I wouldn't think that that would be like a – like we've got a, a guaranteed two to three-week injury on our hands here. We do, but Laird is currently injured and we already saw the managing bonds. It's it's all it's all looking poor for all of our premiums at the moment. I mean managing bond, he, he had like thirty and kick two. I know, but it just takes it take I mean they have to play him because Bulldogs need to win to make finals. But Laird is expected to play this week. And if he doesn't and then they lose and they're ruled out of finals contention, what happens? I mean, that's a very real discussion to be had, but at this point, it's assumed that he'll be named. So we're talking about someone who's guaranteed at this very moment missing two to three weeks. Yeah, I, I think I'd wait for more information because losing, like if you lose Marshall, for example, because it's a ruck spot and you can you know, swing Darcy Cameron if you own him or if you don't own him at all, any sort of ruck cover, then you're in massive trouble. So I, I'd, I'd have a, a wait to see, another wait to see what happens with that. And on Laird, I mean, there's not that much difference. Like if Laird is named, then no problem, whatever, then you can trade Walsh, at least you'll know. But if Laird's out again, I'd be giving another week to wait just to see if Laird's back and or if his, you know, rest, if he goes in for some surgery, then he's out for the rest of the season. Okay, let's say Laird and Royal Marshall are both named this week. Yeah, then it just depends on what your cover's like. You would still try to keep Walsh, do you think? Like it, it we're, depends we're coming on to round how much 20. money there's, you there's, have. There's, yeah. how many, there's five weeks left. Because realistically, if you've got, I mean, if you've cover, got, like if you've got one Hager. trade left, if yeah. you've got one trade left and suitable cover, I completely understand trying to hold for two weeks, but that's two fifths of the remainder of the season. If he's out for three, yeah. this is over half the remaining rounds. Like you're not going to get – how many more injuries are going to be worse than that? Like obviously each week that ticks down, you're, someone's playing more games than, than Walsh. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. I just – if you have Win Hager who plays Hawthorne, which is a particularly soft fixture in his, in his role of half back 100%. at the moment, yeah, I think you just play true. him – and then yep, see what happens with more information. If you if you have, I mean, if you have someone like me with Banks, I don't think I would trust Banks on field. I would probably trade Walsh. 
I played against someone this week who trusted Banks on field and it worked out very well for them. Did I play you? No. Uh, oh, okay. Shout out Dirty Devon, played him and he got like an 80. But that yeah, was great. Like Angwin? Very unexpected. <laughs> what about Angwin? Like a, in I, the, I couldn't a, trust him still. I mean, like back to back 70s. What about Marrick? Like a guarantee. Against not North guaranteed. Melbourne. I mean, I'd yeah, probably I mean, play he's, him. Like a, he's like a, he's like a probably penciled in 60 plus. I'll probably play Marek for one week's worth of information. And I say penciled in because like you might need an eraser, but it's penciled in. <laughs> I think with the fixtures, just because it's North Melbourne, I would give that a week. If it was pretty much anyone else but North Melbourne, I probably wouldn't. Okay. So we're hoping Sam Walsh, he, he has been a miraculous recoverer in the past was saying that he's hopefully a two-week injury, in which case with that sort of cover that we've discussed, you would try to hold him. I would still try to hold him, maybe even with Angwin. If I was down to one trade, I would try to do that. If I had two trades left and um, was reasonably confident with the Laird and Marshall being named this week, should they be named, yeah. I would probably even still look to trade it, unless it was like a Winhager, like a creme de la creme, of cover um, or like obviously we're talking like a 23rd premium or something, then I would probably still look to trade with two or more trades. Um, but down to one, I completely understand. I would try to just get the cover from somewhere, plug it in and just hope it's a two-weeker. If you are trading him, if you're in one of these positions or if you think you've got inside, inside word from the club or you're premonitious and you say, you know what, he's actually – going to miss three weeks and I don't want to hold him for over half the season remaining. Yep. Um, I've got two plus trades or I've got no cover. Who are we looking at as our trading options? Because around 535K, he's not left us with a, a generous uh, offering of players. No. And I, I guess it's the same sort of price range as Will Ashcroft as well if you're looking to get rid of him. Yeah, um, let's talk about him as well. May as well. Same two two birds. I mean, he I is think. a trade out. He's missing five of the last five. <laughs> Definitely, if you can afford to trade out Ashcroft. I mean, we can talk about that actually. I mean, let's answer. I'll answer your question first. We'll we'll circle back. Yeah, please. On do. one of those guys. Um. So, look, the options aren't pretty. I think at this price point, you're some not, of them are. Uh, okay, I will get your take in a moment. But I think at this price point, you're trying. <laughs> To just get someone who's going to go like a hundred, you're not pushing for like this one one ten sort Ooh, of guys. I don't know if there's but any. Okay. Dis- I think if you don't own Darcy Cameron yet, mm. he's still quite good and mm. decent run coming up. Um, there's one person who I think you're going to say who I will wait for you to say because I'm not the biggest fan of, but I. No, I want you to say it. Okay, I am not on board Took Miller. No, that's not what I'm going to say. Okay, great. Because I maybe I should explain that before I talk about Butters. Um, that's who I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you found him. <laughs> that's my guy. There's only going to be one of the two of those guys. Um, <laughs> there was only ever going to be one. Just don't, get, it's true. don't get mistaken. That's true. So Took Miller, his role is not a pure CBA mid. His CBA since returning, 17%, 64%, 46% last week. I don't think having 46% CBAs is a role in which Took can go like 110. It's hard enough to go 105 when you're just not getting the CBAs. And I I think they're experimenting enough at this stage of the season that I don't think he's going to go back to what he was at the beginning of the season where he was just, you know, a high... Uh, I guess a low 80s CBA's mid. I think Raul has proven himself this year that he will be getting a large chunk of CBA's. I think they're testing the waters right now with Flanders, who's in really, really good form and looks like smashes the eye test, pretty much being their best player uh, for the last couple of games. So he's he had a, a team high CBA, 69% last week. And Anderson is kind of pushed a bit wider, but is also inside. So it's just... One too many splits at the moment for Took. Um, so I, I'm more hesitant on him at the moment. Do you know uh, how I, many clearances he had on the weekend? Six? I don't know. I'm guessing. Zero. Well, that's lower than six. I was well off. Yeah. that's That, that kind of 
to your point, like he's just not doing took things yet. And I don't think he will probably for the rest of the year unless they make finals in which like they'll throw him back in there, sure. But I don't think it's – yeah, I don't, I don't think he's the guy. Do you know how many clearances Flanders had? Seven. He had nine. That's what I said. That's that's a huge amount. I mean, Flanders had 31 touches. He's truly phenomenal form. Um, Flanders, I don't want to have price bias that all of the better players, which is which is a phenomenal way of basically you think the more expensive the player, the better. Um, I think Flanders is the form guy at the moment. I mean, he has a, a five-round average right now of 110 and is smashing the eye test. He has a tough matchup this week against Brisbane. Um, but, I mean, he scored 96 against Port in Port with even a worse role because his role's been getting better lately. Um, I think I'm picking between Flanders and Butters right now. And Flanders carries, I guess, a significantly less injury risk than Butters, who, I mean, he looked totally fine to me. He was phenomenal against Collingwood, but, uh, you know, he was somewhat sore. Um, at least going well, into the game. Let, let's get it straight. Like, he's fit. Like, he he played the full game. He obviously looked phenomenal. His role wasn't hampered. Yeah. And he, he didn't, like, he, he, it wasn't like he was backing out of contest or anything like that. He, no, he was going, so way, going way too opposite. hard. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's not injured. I understand he's had an injury-prone history, but I think we're looking at two fit players right now. Um, two guys that are having pretty good years. Flanders' form stacks up better than Butters. The thing that I look to, Butters has three of the remaining five games at Adelaide Oval. Um, he's, the run home is Adelaide, Geelong, GWS, Fremantle, Richmond. Those last two games, Fremantle and Richmond specifically, um, I would look to as games that he's absolutely going to tear apart. Um, the game against Adelaide this week, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't up at his best for. That yep. leaves Geelong and GWS, which are like those kind of middle-ish games where you're just like, does he go crazy? Does he not? Does someone look at him? I'm not quite sure, but I would still back. I mean, just purely based on talent alone. And I, and I like Sam Flanders, but um, you're looking at a guy who's going to be top five in the Brownlow this year. I think he's still the guy, yep. um, despite being hampered by... Um, the injury last week, he had 84 and three quarters, um, didn't play in the last quarter, so it was still on track for a good score. I just think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he still stacks up better than Flanders, but I do like Flanders, and I suppose if you've got more than one trade left and you're trading and the money might actually you know, make a tangible difference later on in the year, I completely understand opting for Flanders, who's in form, um, I just think if you're looking purely from a points perspective, um, I think it's hard to argue Flanders over Zach Butters from, from this point onwards. And if you want to go neither of them and you want to go for someone that's just going to score 95-100 flat at that price range, uh, you still have um, Angus Brayshaw, who's in some good form at the moment, but it's more about the draw on the way home for, for Melbourne. Richmond, North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, Swans. A really good draw, like super good. And he just puts out 90s to 100s most weeks. It's not a very sexy pick, but gets the job done. And if what about picking someone like Josh Kelly at the 504K range? Yeah, so that's the other guy who I think is you're looking at a high upside pick um, with Josh Kelly. Obviously, he's always he's always in that conversation. I'm actually having to scroll around so much right now because he had that tagged score with that, that twenty three yeah. round average. That I was looking at three round averages. Now I'm looking at price. Uh, so he's five hundred and five five hundred and four k. Um, yeah, I, I like. Josh Kelly. Last week he was 114. This week it was just 97. He, uh, for some reason this week he just didn't quite get into the game um, as much as he usually would. And then he had like a couple of wayward hand passes that probably ruined the ton for him. But if you look at his season, he still had some good scores, some really good scores. Yeah. Um, he's got a 148 against Carlton, 139 against Brisbane, 129 against Bulldogs, 164 against Fremantle. Um, he has Bulldogs 
this week coming, which he obviously had that 129 against. Then Sydney, which I think is probably the easiest kill midfield in the competition right now. Um, assuming he doesn't get tagged on the run home, which is a strong assumption because I think teams are starting to figure out that he's actually just, especially without Tom Green in there, he is the engine room where it starts and where it ends. Um, I, I can't see him dropping below 100 on the run home either. So um, look, between the three of them, I think they're all pretty good picks. I think Josh Kelly with the tag risk probably scares me the most because he also does carry the injury risk. Um, but I would probably still go in the order of Butters, Flanders, Josh Kelly. Is that crazy? No, that's not crazy. I think uh, that's very and similar I, and, to what I was going to say. So, And <laughs> totally I do like fine. Darcy Cameron <laughs> as well. Um, if you do have Royal Marshall and no cover, yeah. he obviously does offer a little bit of a, a glimpse of help uh, going forward, especially if... If it's like your last trade or something like that, then um, I, I would try that, yeah. to maximize cover on, on every line. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered a ruck option, a back option, a midfield option, and a forward option between the ones we've spoken about. So As well. Should we talk about our, uh, our next point then? <laughs> I've got a question for you before we, before we get to the next point. Yes. If you had Ashcroft on the bench and your full team is named, so yep. you don't need to trade him this week because – You've got a full playing 22 fit players. Is it worth trading him now to get somebody like Flanders for the go up in price more? Or should you just hold on to your, let's say it's your last trade, or would you just rather hold on to your last trade until you actually cop an injury and then use it on that player? Uh, you saying that it's the last trade is the painful part because say what, what uses Flanders if... Um, I'm trying to think of someone who's defender only. Like there's barely any of them left. Do we all have that's defender only? I don't know if we all have Luke Ryan, but a lot of us have Luke Ryan or Tom Stewart. Yeah, Luke Ryan, Tom Stewart, or Dan Houston. Whichever one of those three that you have, um, say one of them gets injured. Sam Flanders offers you nothing. You could so have Sheasel in the forward line. I mean, <laughs> you swing it back. I think so a who, lot of who, people do. Who are you swinging him back with? You just swing him back and then you use your little Wagner or Banks or Constable on your back bench to swing into. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The, the middle you, and then you, you swing technically in your middle. Flanders I, and in fact, I'm even in that scenario myself. I get that. Okay. <laughs> say, say you're not. For those people... <laughs> Well, I'm, like there are a lot of people that are still kind of restricted in that sense. Like they have sheets on their defense. For those people, I wouldn't do it. For the people with the maneuverability already, I I probably would do it. I would try to catch him before he outprices. I think he's probably one of the best options in terms of cover. I mean, I spoke about it for Dunkley, and I'm kicking myself because I really I was in on Flanders. Um, you can probably attest to this. I was yep. so far in on him. I really desperately wanted him that week. Uh, Took Miller came back and they had – was that the week against Port? Yeah, it was. It was the – because Dunkley missed those two weeks. Now he's back. So I wanted him the week against Port and then Took Miller was back and everyone was saying he's going to go straight back in to the engine room, et cetera, et cetera. I got talked off of it. He's got 96, would have been covered for Dunkley. One traded Dunkley instead of getting Flanders. Well, that was more of a league move, but regardless, it turned out to be bad regardless because then he scored 125, which scored more than Butters anyway. 
And now this week, it would have been my lad cover with Dunkley back. Dunkley outscores Butter, Butters, and he scores 113 Flanders, which would have been my lad cover. So trust me, I'm in on Flanders. Um, I do think he's incredible value, 500, 467K. The good news is, though, his break-even is 31. Even if he goes 115, he only barely gets to Ashcroft's price. So like, if you've got no money in the bank, you could probably do it to be safe. Otherwise... You give it another week and just see if you yeah, don't have anyone to cover this week. But um, I wouldn't let Sam Flanders pass you by. And having sitting a 500k on the bench just feels yucky as it is. So um, in most instances, I think I would I would still just be making that trade. I, I'd give it a week, like you said. I think that's the preferable one, and then then reassess, see if you have any injuries. I mean, it's a it's the upside of being able to loophole him on and get your actual points out of him compared to just waiting for your premium. But to be fair, I don't think we get so many opportunities in the season to have gotten somebody with so much upside, you know, 110 upside um, for that price. But there's another guy, JB, that has somewhat similar upside also at a similar or even cheaper price. What are your thoughts on George Hewitt? 292K. Cripps was out. And now Walsh is out. And Hewitt's come off a, a 127 against West Coast. He went 110 last season. Um, is he a factor at only 292K? I love how you said, like, maybe even cheaper. It's like a tangible thing that you, you're looking it at might on the be. screen. It might like, not be. No, he actually <laughs> no, he just is cheaper. Like, he just absolutely is cheaper. I guess we'll never um, know. <laughs> What's the timeline on Matthew Kennedy? Uh, they just said weeks, so I don't mm. know the how many of them, but at I mean, least a couple. Walsh is missing <laughs> at least a couple as well. The thing is, like, I think he's going to be good for the next like three weeks. There's only five rounds left. No, I know, and I, I, I agree. Like, I think he's good for over half the rest of the season, but um, I don't know. He could just easily be like a a 20 or a 30 in the last two weeks and I don't know I, I still think I still think you trade to Flanders over Hewitt but like those who have Hewitt already or those who can only afford Hewitt absolutely great trading grab him but if I'm, if I'm deciding between the two I'm just getting Flanders yeah yeah I agree with you I, I also don't like Colton's draw I think they've got Collingwood Saints Melbourne Gold Coast GWS well, the last three are good, but those are the three that like he just might not be in such a lucrative role. The first two are the worst two. Um, Probably Collingwood and St Kilda. Don't I mean, give, the GWS uh, game is a final. Points up. Like that GWS Carlton is probably whoever final. wins makes yeah the the A. So that's yeah. And I got a feeling if he's as you said, if everyone's fit by then, which they probably will be, he's not best twenty-two as we saw earlier in the season. So, I still don't understand that personally, but it's a couple of good that's midfielders that are not best twenty-two for clubs. Like Matt Crouch still goes all right. Mm, I I don't. He's no, one. He's a one-dimensional no. player, but I I think that there's clubs that could use a more experienced body like West Coast around the midfield. Um, that's surprisingly. I I actually yeah. I mean, Dom Sheet is not a good midfielder either, but. Um, Matt Crouch, like some players are just actually detrimental despite them getting the ball 30 times <laughs> that they can be still a net negative on their team's output. And I think Crouch actually kind of is that. I think even if he does get the ball that many times, he's still getting it in positions that other what like he's demanding it where players should have kicked or he's like, like just that hunger for the ball kind of just serves as a, as a negative for him sometimes. And yeah, like I just, I think he could, you're right. He could offer something to a West Coast for sure. Um, but I, I'm not surprised he's not in Adelaide's team. I think they've definitely gone past him. Oh, I mean, their midfield's quite good now. Um, especially the, the whole team's pretty good. They're so fun to watch. Yeah. I watched that game against Melbourne and they're just so exciting. Like it's a good time to be a great supporter, I think. I'm a huge Rochelle fan. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I mean, Rankin as well. I knew he got injured, but like this nah, team that he, they're building, stuff Rankin, 
I'm a huge <laughs> Rochelle fan. No, but like Rankin's They're kind of so like fun. you expect it from I don't know. You expect like the showmanship and like Rankin sort of has that. He's always had that flair since his draft year. And like Rochelle came in a bit like unknown and a bit raw to some people, and he's just come in and just like he's so demanded good. it. It's crazy. But he's he, good. He's so talented. Dawson is like incredible to watch every week. Yeah, they got a really fun team. They do. Even even there, some of their like Texas still putting out some good performances at his age as well. It's just good for you. It's a shame that they're not going to make finals, most likely. Mm. I I think it was five weeks ago. I famously, among my uh, my peers, tipped Adelaide to make the top four. Oh wow, that was a terrible tip. I just thought they were almost at unbeatable status um, at Adelaide Oval, and I thought if they won the rest of their home games and pinched a couple of away games, in the position they were in a, a month or so ago, they they were primed for top. Four. It, it was like. It was meant to be an outlandish, like you know, a, a hot take that not not many other people would agree with. But um, yeah, I thought they were definitely good enough. But they, they've just unfortunately dropped a couple of home games now and haven't won away yet. So um, it obviously hasn't gone true, come true. But <laughs> I was really excited to see them, yeah, in the finals because I think Adelaide Oval, when it's full and with the excitement that those teams like Adelaide bring with all the youth and that, I just think there's no better. Um, football experience and, and being amongst that crowd and experiencing that sort of uh, that sort of game. I love it. I love Both it. Adelaide um, teams are really young and really exciting. How did that happen? Uh, draft just drafted well, but I, mean, not, I, I thought you're, you're splitting the Adelaide players between you two. No, but like, there's not a lot of Adelaide talent getting drafted to our teams in the last like decade. Isn't, there's a handful. No, like I, I know, like Rosie is is from SA, and so he's Horn, decent. I know, I, I know he's good. I'm saying, I'm acknowledging, <laughs> but like Horn Francis was obviously traded for, um, but like you know, Zach Butters, Ollie Wines, like they're Victorians. Yeah, Rochelle. Rochelle Victorian, <laughs> like obviously. Um, no, I, don't, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> He was traded for. Let, yeah. let, let's get Lacocious and then we'll talk, okay? <laughs> That's just next year. We just, we'll just wait one more year. Although you probably get Grundy. I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I would love to have Grundy. I would love to have it. I mean, <laughs> we're paying Lysia as much as Grundy's getting paid right now. So, um, yeah. Anyway, definitely sidetracked the entire conversation. Um what we've were got, you going to say? We've still got someone else to talk about. We've still got um, Jordan Ridley we've got to quickly discuss. I mean, oh, we've already spoken about He's in the similar price range anyway, 513K. We've already spoken about all the options. Do we do need to actually talk have, too much about Jordan Ridley? Do people just have six defenders? I feel like most people have more than six defenders, so you can still get one of the other guys that we've spoken about because he's in the exact same price range as those yeah. sorts of people. Yeah. I mean, if you and have he's, zero he's minimally money, be, He's minimally owned, so like, you know, I think we covered him. You got... You got Brayshaw at the exact same price. If if you want, there's some pretty obvious guys around him where it's like, yeah, those guys are good. I I wouldn't overthink it and try and get fancy down the back. No, did you say Fantasia? No, no. Like if people go like Sam Taylor or something, like try not to go too fancy. No, don't get Sam Taylor. I mean, he's in amazing form, but please don't pick him for super good reasons. No, stick to the basics. You already got fancy by getting Ridley, and now look how that strategy. What about Redmond? Oof. How much is he? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, but I can find out very quickly. Four fifty-seven. Yeah. I, do, you, I like, do you like that as an option? Because now like, he's like their sort him. of sole exit. I only like him because of the fixture, right? Swans at Marvel, West Coast at Marvel, North at Marvel. <laughs> like that's three really good fixtures. GWS and GWS is not good, and Collingwood is not a good fixture. I. He said five subtons in a row, but that fixture is great. And now Ridley's down. I actually, he might be. I think I prefer one of my favorite options. I think I just prefer the ninety fives of Angus Brayshaw and just take it to not risk it. Whereas I think Brayshaw is probably better. But if you're like, if you have Ridley because you're already an Essendon fan, I'm not going to talk you out of Redmond now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Redmond's got potential to put on you know three one twenties in a row. It's just he also yeah. has potential to put out 
three seventies in a row, and I don't want to derail your season this late in the year. So it's uh, he has he has never in his career put out three seventies in a row. Just saying, because some of them are lower than that. Just saying, never has he put out three scores in the seventies in consecutive weeks. Okay, yeah, sometimes it's lower. I get it, but it's uh, not <laughs> with Supercoach finals. He has <laughs> with Supercoach finals. I don't love having to play Collingwood in the grand final as well. So, yeah, I just keep keep that's it in right. mind in the back pocket, and that's that's about my summary for that one. Thanks for your summary, Pistol. Very You're much welcome. appreciated. Uh, he did score 144 against uh, West Coast earlier in the season, but only 72 against North Melbourne, so very conflicting. Um, 89 against Collingwood. That's my fun facts of the day. All right, so we do want to quickly discuss one more thing. We're 37 minutes through this. I can't believe we've gotten past the 20-minute mark while we're still discussing these three guys, all similarly priced. How do we even split this up in, in a way that has taken us this long? <laughs> we started to talking about Adelaide. Three guys. Yeah. yeah, you really sidetracked me. Why? You can't talk to... Okay. We brought up Butters multiple times. I know. And then Rosie I, I, and then Houston and you're just like... Well, actually, you just kept speak, going. <laughs> speaking of Port Adelaide's young core, um, uh, we, luxury <laughs> trades. People are asking about luxury trades. They've got people like Ben Keyes who they need to kick four goals in clutch time to, to score 80 plus and they're a bit worried and they're like, hey, I've got this money for like... James Sicily or Clayton Oliver, should I get those guys? I'm like, where the hell do you even have that money from? And Clayton Oliver's injured right now. It's a really stupid idea. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, we've just been stockpiling all this money. Like, should we make luxury trades with our last trades? I'm like, no, you shouldn't. That's a really stupid idea. <laughs> it was like an internal monologue, but you said it out loud. Um, Keys was on like 27 at three quarter time or something, right? Then he just I don't, oh, kicked I don't know if it was that goals. low, but it was something he crazy. Did, low he, he kicked at least two goals in the last quarter, and they were like very, very good goals. And I, he was rocketing up, but I think it, he would have been on like forty. Yeah. I think at three quarter time. I think it was twenty-seven half time. Yeah, it, he was doing very poorly. Um, he was. He doesn't. His role was bad. The role's bad. I do think if you have a luxury trade, he's probably the first guy. I can't imagine you have somebody worse than him. But like, what is a luxury trade? How many trades do you have to have left to have a luxury trade? That's a good question. I think I think if you have... Thank you. I feel definitely if you have three, I feel comfortable using one, like 100%. If you've already got the money there or like... Yeah, if you've got the money two. there, I, I wouldn't double downgrade. I wouldn't... Okay. Oh, if you could get George Hewitt as a downgrade and then Ben Keyes up to like Sicily as the upgrade, I probably would do it. But I wouldn't do it if you had to go down to a rookie to get okay. the money. No, I agree with that. I think that's fair. Because then you're getting kind of a two-for-one sort of bargain. Yeah. Um, Shut up and take my money. Yeah, pretty much. And I think if you have two trades at this point, we've just seen in like consecutive weeks us losing – well, for most people, but most people had either Cameron out or Dunkley out or Sarong out. I mean, Ridley's was gone. Lloyd is gone. Laird's been out. Walsh is now out. I'm just rattling them off, JB. This is all within like a three, four-week period. Ashcroft. <laughs> I missed one. Ridley. Um, it's a silly amount of players that are getting injuries and there's still five weeks to go. And I feel like we will need, if you have more than, like we'll need two trades. For the next five weeks. Like, we're going to get injuries. Jack it's just Silvani. Gonna happen. Yeah. Can't imagine many of Jack Silvani. But we will get more injuries, and I don't think I'd go lower. I definitely wouldn't use my last trade, and I am hesitant going from two to one just to make this luxury trade when we're likely going to cop an injury this week. What do you think? Yes. Okay, great. I was very... Uh, enthusiastic and I definitely appreciated it. Jack Steele is 553k. Is he back? Back? Like back streets back? All right. So firstly, I'm annoyed at myself you for trading him out. I'm annoyed that I traded him out because it was not a move that was particularly smart. It was more of a emotional decision. And I'm probably at round 15 or whatever, 14, 
firstly, I copped a donut by trading him out. And secondly, I think I probably should have realized that late into the season that the aim was 23 premiums and not 22 premiums. And I could have worked around it to get him as my 23rd premium. And I'm annoyed for trading him out at, you know, 450K or however much he got down to. Um, now he's back up to 553 and his form looks really good and he has a really good fixture at Hawthorne this week, so he's probably going to score well. I don't know if I'm willing to say he's back, JB, because I don't think he's that 120 average guy that he looks like the last couple of years. I think he's a not as good but still solid version of that that can go you know, 107, 108 um, just based on the amount of people running through the St. Kilda midfield. And also, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not entirely convinced on St. Kilda still. Um, That's definitely what I was just here. So my concern is the first time that he was back was against Port and he scored 126 against us and looked great. He then scored 95 against North Melbourne to follow that up and then 84 against Adelaide. And then against GWS, he was back he's got 135 won them the game off his own boot looked incredible and then he scored 62 against Hawthorne and then 85 and then 52 and then 97 and then 86 against West Coast before Melbourne where he was back he's got 140 and then he's got 105 against Gold Coast which is still okay now this week against North 160 he was back and now he's got Hawthorne again. And I just, I wonder, is he just like a roller coaster? Is he inconsistent? Is he back when he needs to be? Is he back but then stuffed the next week? Like I, if I owned him, I would be pretty happy with what I just saw. And um, I did own him against GWS and I was pretty happy with what I saw. And now I'm like, if I was going to trade him in, which I recommended people did after GWS, would I recommend people do that again um, for the second time against Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium for a second time? <laughs> like, I just feel like the, the signs will point to, like, maybe he's just a really untrustworthy guy this year and you're just, you're just happy to hold him if you've got him and you, you're counting your prayer beads every single time St. Kilda lines up that he's not injured or um, reverting back to his sub-ton days, but... I'm also not recommending anyone trade him in, not for the rest of the year. I would have to see five more good games, which is exactly 100% of the remainder of the season um, before declaring him back uh, and even as an option underpriced next year. So um, it's a curious one, but I'm not recommending people trade him in. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, he was on, well, I think it was 87 at three-quarter time against North and the game was on the line. He just had a monster last quarter. And that sounds, the 160 sounds like super good. It makes you really hyped up. But I wonder if we would be talking about him the same way if he put out like a 110. No. No, Probably not. We probably wouldn't even consider it. Maybe we'd consider it, but we wouldn't. We wouldn't have had a four-minute discussion on it. No. Well, look. We've had a 45-minute podcast. I think even that has been stretching it beyond what our wildest dreams had us in store for this week, uh, considering not the lack of carnage, just the somehow grouped carnage that all ended up around the same price range type of carnage. Um, But as per usual, I really appreciate the discussions. Did you have anything more to touch on before we jump off? No, that's, uh, that's it. Great. Um, I think as the season wraps up, we might get into little sneak peeks of what we've learned this year, um, potential changes that we'd make to the game as we usually do around silly season. So uh, if your team is out of trades or if you don't really care about the game anymore, um, <laughs> we do appreciate if you if you do still tune in, we'll try and make it as uh, entertaining as possible. We Obviously, we have a lot on our minds and a lot to discuss. If you do think of anything that you would like a sort of deep dive discussed um, on one of the podcasts, hit us up on our Twitters. Um, um, everyone knows what they are by now. I'm not going through them. but um, Or if you're in our Slack, then hit us up on Slack, of course. So um, we do enjoy getting into the, the deep and meaningfuls of Supercoach as we 
overanalyze this game probably to death each year, um, but still love doing it. So um, thanks very much for joining me as per usual, Pistol. JB, I'm going to give you homework because I'm going to ask oh, yes. you on the next podcast that we okay. do together, who are your five starting or well, five is just arbitrary, but the starting midfielders for 2024. Oh, I love these. Okay, thank you. Hypothetical. Uh, I'll come. I'll come back to you with that Excellent. next time we podcast, which will be <laughs> Probably this <not>. year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could in before you did. Okay, thanks everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate you all. Thanks again. Shout out to the uh, the incredible Cancer Council donation that we had this week. Um, thanks. Could not thank. Couldn't. Cannot thank you enough. Um, Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you all next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.